You're listening to the Smash Your Unsealing podcast. I'm your host, Barbara Nixon, and I'm so excited you're here. This is a place for you to boost your confidence, become limitless, and grow like never before. Because there's one thing I know for sure, success begins with you. Let's get started. Hey, Barbara here. How are you doing? Hope you're having a fantastic week. Now, before we get stuck into today's episode, I want to remind you that there is still time to come and save your space on my brand new membership, the Smasher and Seening Mini Mind. We kickstart on the 6th of September, and this is for you if you're a business owner or you're a leader and the stuff you want to do. You know that there is so much that you want to bring to the world, that, that you want to achieve, that you want to experience, but you also know that you are really quite good at running your business or your your career with one foot on the brake pedal, that you're great at playing small and holding yourself back or just getting in your own way. And you know that now's the time to be nudging your personal development up your own to-do list and to make time for that. If you can relate and you are ready to get the support, the accountability and be surrounded by some amazing people all on a similar journey, then this is for you. And we'd love to welcome you in there. Like I said, there's still time to save your space. And here's the good bit. You can do that and become a founding member for just £10 a month. You can't even get a cup of coffee for that, right? So if this sounds like your kind of thing and you are ready to to just focus more on your personal development, then I'd love to see you in there. All the links that you need are in the show notes and I'll see you soon. Okay, on to today's episode. Today, I'm really excited to share a brilliant conversation that I had with my friend, Deborah Ogden. Now, Deborah is an internationally respected expert and speaker on personal branding and impact. She hosts two podcasts, not one, but two. The first one, On Brand With, sharing stories of personal brand in the real world. And the second one, More Impact, is a weekly shot of impact inspiration. Whether it's building profiles, winning more contracts, or pitching and presenting with confidence, Deborah's expertise has delivered breakthrough results time after time for businesses and individuals across the UK. Now, we have an amazing conversation and I can't wait to share it with you. We talk about a lot. We talk about how Deborah let go of her her chosen career to follow her true path. We talk about what we both feel about finding our purpose and what that means for us, and and also what we what we talk about in terms of, to our clients about our purpose. We talk about how to show up as your authentic self, especially if you're finding this tricky. We talk about giving yourself the permission that you need to do anything that you want to really, as well as showing up as your your own authentic self. We talk about creating your own personal boundaries and non-negotiables so that you're always working to your best self and the power of being curious. Now, this is such a lovely conversation. It is really kind of an insight into the conversations that Deborah and I have when we meet for a coffee. So I'm so pleased to be sharing it with you. So let's dive in. Hey Deborah, thanks for being here. How are you? Hi Barbara, I'm really good, thank you. Good. Um, so the, today's all about you, and I'm really excited to kind of just dig into your journey because we've known each other for a, quite a while now, haven't we? Yeah. Um, so there's probably loads that I don't know, which is it's exciting for me today. So where do you want to start? Well, first of all, I just want to say it's really funny being the other side of the podcast. So uh, if I start asking you questions, you'll just have to rein me in, won't you? Um, 
So I've listened to a few of your episodes and I, I thought about this and in some ways I think I, I'm, I'm always very much influenced by Steve Covey and he always says start with the end in mind doesn't yeah, it's he? One of my favourite quotes. Yeah absolutely so I think a really lovely place to start and um I have a I have a sort of practical um, time place to start of where I got on this journey. But for me, the end in mind is really my purpose. And I know we share a philosophy that, you know, we're only tapping into our potential. And for me to be able to help people unlock that mm -hmm. through their impact and the tools I use around personal branding. And I'm sure we'll unpack at that as we talk, because I think my take is a little bit different than often what people think of personal branding um, are really what got me on this path. And I can't see me ever stopping. I, I talk to other people that talk about selling their businesses and retirement, but I really do feel I've, I've found my purpose and whether I'll always do it formally. Uh, for me, I always, I can spot, I think my gift is that I can spot something in people and connect with them. And if I can just help somebody step up and see that potential, then um, that makes me incredibly happy. So that would be my starting point for you. Amazing. Uh, you know what? I love all of that because we've had loads of conversations around this because we absolutely do share very similar purposes in terms of unlocking people's potential. And I completely agree with you when you found that thing, which is your purpose. And I've got mixed views about this because sometimes you can spend a lifetime looking for your purpose. I often think the purpose is what you're doing right now. But in terms of our case, we've been doing this for a long time and and I'm just like you, I don't ever want to be doing anything else. This is it. You know, even if I wasn't being paid to do it, I'd still be the person sat next to you on a train or a plane or in a restaurant still doing my thing. So I love that. So we're going to have a really good conversation uh, today, Deborah. So where something that you just said there, though, Barbara, and I think this is a bit of something that people can fall into in, in personal development is just because you found your purpose, it doesn't mean there aren't days where it's tough yeah. <laughs> and there are bad days. And yeah. I think there's this misconception sometimes that, oh, well, you found your purpose, that everything's going to be, yeah. you know, unicorns and rainbows. And um, actually, sometimes finding your purpose means that you have to dig really deep. And yes, in the moment, most of the time, it's really good. And I'm, I'm a big believer in being mindful and being in the moment. But I, I think it is dynamic, if you like, your purpose, and it grows with you. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm not the same person, and, and probably neither are you from when I started. And thank God for that, right? We want evolution. We want to learn and grow. And it reminds me of that, that Maya Angelou quote that says, um, we do what we can with what we've got. And when we know better, we do better, right? And that's the whole thing. We just keep doing as you know better as we learn and grow. But you're right, just, just because we know what we want to do doesn't mean to say it's easy. Because, yeah. you know, I can, can't even count the days where it's been hard and you think, what am I doing this for? But you're doing it because there is nothing else to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, and easy can be a bit boring. I mean, I, I don't buy into hustle culture no, and all that. Um, there have been times when I have, and I think that's where I've evolved. 
I'm a bit kinder to myself these days. But um, yeah, I like a challenge. So you, you just keep up in the bar. For me, that's a growth mindset. I completely agree. It is. It's about making it more exciting for yourself. Mm. Um, you know, so as you've just said, you do up the bar, you rate, you mm. get a bigger goal, you get a more, you know, you stretch a little bit further. Mm. And that's where the excitement comes in, isn't it? Oh, definitely. Love it. So where did it start for you? Um, so I trained as a lawyer <laughs> because I went to an all-girls school and that's what you did. You know, you went to a proper career. So I trained as a lawyer. I don't think my heart was ever really in it, but I knew it was a good degree to have. And so I went off, did my degree and then went traveling. And I can remember my mum ringing me and saying, and of course it was all long distance calls then. And, and I said, Deborah, there's this place at law school. Are you going to take it or not? And I said, well, I don't know what else I'm going to do, mum. So yes, I'll take it. So it was never this burning ambition to be a lawyer. And uh, which makes me smile, actually, because my son is currently watching Suits and has got this drive to become a lawyer. And we keep saying to him, it's not all like Suits and they don't all look like Meghan Markle, Oscar. But, you know, um, but I didn't have that drive. It was just a good career. And um, I trained and then I found a love. I went working with a management after I qualified. I worked with a management consultant. And while I was there, it opened up my eyes. I just happened to pick up a copy of Marketing Week one day and I, I discovered a love of communications. And I was lucky because I was in a very commercial consultancy that gave me lots of options to see um, how people worked. And um, that introduced me to different disciplines, I suppose. So um, from there, I went to Old Trafford Cricket Ground as their uh, marketing and comms officer and I've got a lifelong love of sport I was brought up by a dad who played cricket and loved football he told the uh, nurses in the nursing home that I was going to play for Manchester United until he realized I was a girl and I was at my first cricket match at three weeks old so I've been immersed in that so for me to um, get this job at Old Trafford um, in marketing as well was just a dream job for me and I was there for oh, over 10 years and I actually ended up as the, I was appointed as the first uh, um, media manager in the professional sport. And it was a really big thing at the time that I was female for a start. It was very male dominated. I think the only other female managers were in the hospitality um, and that pro provide, um, it really did come up with some real challenges for me, but what an experience. And I work with people like Freddie Flintoff and, and, you know, Shane Warne and, you know, some of the real greats. And it was a real privileged time. We worked hard, but we played hard and I was young enough then to enjoy it. But at that time, and, and I suppose the reason I talk about this is my job there as media manager was to recognize the right players to put forward for the sponsors or for, if it was a test match, the press conferences afterwards. And really that was personal brand in the very early days. And the skills I learned then, I still use today because if I'm working maybe with a senior exec 
as part of their personal brand media skills are important, then I use the media training that I worked on then. And then from there, a few different roles, went to CIS, the insurance company, learned a lot about impact there and how to work with people because very male, um, again, a very male dominated um, industry. And my role was to take the, um, the chaps, because it was all male, the, the people on their events, the, the, their, uh, the sponsorship and their events from that they would have won a prize. So it might be to take them to the Milan Grand Prix or wherever. And to have to manage a coach full of maybe 50 blokes that have been at the Grand Prix all day on hospitality certainly meant I had to dig deep. I, <laughs> and I, I had I to learn impact and influence um, in some quite tricky circumstances at times but again I suppose a little bit like we were talking about before I found my own way of doing that and you know I'll often say to people don't be put off by the soft exterior and I learned very early on that I didn't have to be pardon the phrase this ballsy woman I could show up as myself but as long as I had that self-belief then people and I communicated that and I was able to articulate that then people would respond in the majority of cases in the right way so that was a steep learning curve and then um sort of jumping forward a couple of roles I work for a local organization that some of your um, listeners might know if they are in our local area called Crag Rats it was a super training yeah training organization and um, I don't know if, do you remember Why Don't You? Are you old enough? I do, to I do. Don't you? I always felt that working at Crag Rats was like, why don't you? We, we worked, again, we worked hard, but my goodness, we played hard as well. And unfortunately, the business uh, went bump and we all went off. We were all made redundant. And I, I think it's a real legacy of the place that we, most of us went off and set up our own businesses and from there, I always, I think everybody thought I would set up a comms agency, but I always knew that my strength and the feedback I'd always had was that it was the way I show up. And I was never the prettiest. I was never the cleverest. I was never the funniest. You know, I was never the fastest. I was the last one to be picked at rounders. But I always knew if I put that effort in and I showed up and went the extra mile, gave the extra, you know, 1% um, that I was onto something. And when I set the business up 12 years ago, nobody talked about personal branding. Yeah. I talked about impact in those days. But I realized I had something that I could package up using the skills that I'd had that could really make a difference to women and men. Um, particularly in those times in your life when you have a huge change. And at that time, I was suffering with um, what, what was finally diagnosed as depression, but I just lost my identity becoming a mum. And I don't know if this is something that you relate to, but Oscar would have been about two then. And I'd been used to these really high-profile roles. And all of a sudden, I was Oscar's mummy. I wasn't even known as Deborah. And, you know, I'd be sat on a church hall floor singing Dingly Dangly Scarecrow thinking, yeah. what the hell has happened to my life? Yeah. So um, 
And my goodness me, he was a very much wanted child and we went on a hell of a journey to have him. So, you know, it was everything that I always wanted. But in some ways they said that that's part of the problem because you're intelligent and you think that everything's going to be wonderful. And all of a sudden your identity is completely changed. So that identity and impact all sort of fitted together for me. And um, so I trained as a coach and uh, sort of, started to walk the talk and um, set up then. And my entry point was actually through style and clothing and image consultancy alongside the NLP coaching um, because fashion and style has always been a, a, a real love of mine, but it's also been something that I've used as a tool um, to stand out and for people to recognize me through the way I show up and therefore that was the entry point and even though I've moved away from that a lot it's still very much part of my identity. Amazing oh, there is so much there that I kind of want to yes, I've talked a lot. <laughs> no are you kidding that's perfect uh, there's so much that I want to dive into I can completely relate to what you said about losing your identity after being a mum I remember that vividly you know you're right you all of a sudden one day you're you're Barbara you're Deborah and then the next you're somebody's mom and it's it's a shift um but I want to kind of go back a little bit further okay further back in your story because you said something that made me my ears just prick up a little bit you said that you didn't have to be you realized that you didn't have to be a ballsy woman and that you could actually show up as yourself and this is something that so many people struggle with. I mean, you know, in your world, I certainly know from, from my clients as well, there's that there, there's a lot of talk on, on social media and just in general about authenticity and being yourself. But mm-hmm. that's hard. That's yeah. really hard, especially when we, we often wear so many different hats and we mm-hmm. go to work and we might be a corporate professional person and we go home and we might be somebody else. And it can be really difficult to, one, decide who you are and I, I actually just drill into that who's the real you and then have the courage and bravery to show up as yourself mm. so if that's let's just dive into that a, a bit because I know you've been through that journey how did you do that how did you just decide who you were and then just show up as, as yourself your true authentic self um, I think that's still a journey I'm on, and I, I, if I'm honest, and I think with age, again, it's that nothing stands still, does it? If it stands still, something's going wrong. So nothing stands still, and we're evolving. And um, you know, I'm 54, so that brings these challenges. So I'm coping with that. And showing up as a 54-year-old is very different from showing up as a a 30-year-old as I would have been then. Um, And there are very different challenges, but there are still the challenges. And therefore, I do think it's being able to... I think people struggle with authenticity because... As ever, and and I'm guilty of this, and I was with a client yesterday, I'm very much the good girl, and and part of my counselling around identity was around perfectionism, so, you know, I set myself these standards and I want to do the right thing, and I think sometimes around authenticity there's a challenge around wanting to do it right, but that's the whole thing, isn't it? 
if you're wanting to do it in a certain way, then actually you're working against something. So, um, but I also, and maybe this is a little bit counterintuitive as well, I'm a big believer in that we can create who we want to be. And therefore, I think people talk about being authentic and it's being your core self and your true self. But I don't think there is anything wrong. And I encourage all my clients to do this, to say, well, this is where I am now. But actually, this is where I'd like to be. And I'm not saying we're faking it till we're making it. Absolutely not. But what I am saying is we are looking within us and saying, where are my strengths? What can I use? What transferable skills have I got? What can I develop about myself to bring myself to that point that I'm um, in, in growing my self-image so that I become this per new person. So, um, yeah, I, it's a bit like an iPhone, isn't it? We don't go out and buy a new iPhone every time we need a software upgrade. And for me, it's that sort of software upgrade rather than changing the hardware. It's just developing and evolving. Yeah, I, I love everything that you've just said because it's so true. And I do the same um, with my clients as well. And it's it's a really interesting exercise to do for yourself mm -hmm. because it's about the way that I look at it, Deborah, and I, it's, it's like recognizing that you're a work in progress, that where mm -hmm. you are right now isn't mm -hmm. the finished article. I don't want this I you know place where I am to be the finished article because there's so much that, I, that I'd like to improve. So I think you're right. If you look ahead and think, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to, you know, do this, per be this person or to have this habit or to, you know, understand more about myself in this way. And so you were always working forward. It's it's a, a development opportunity for you to just keep growing. Yeah, but I think it's very important just to say here that it's not about fixing anything. No, it's about and tapping that's into your strengths, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's that fine line. This isn't coming from a... Um, a place of I'm not good enough no. this is coming from a place of I am good enough and therefore I'm, I'd like to develop I'd like yeah. to grow and it's such a subtle thing and just understanding why people so it's not I don't think this this version Deborah 2.0 isn't good enough it's actually what can we you know as we would do with software how can we just improve how what can mm. we you know how can we smooth off the edges a little bit um and again, something else that you said was brilliant about it's not about being perfect. You don't have to look in and try and find your authentic self as though you, you're trying to find, I don't know, you know, a piece of gold. You, you're not looking for that nugget. Where is it? Yeah, where is it? It's here somewhere. I know I'm, I'm it's, you know, where mm. is my, my true self? Mm. I mean, I haven't found it yet. Have you? Exactly. <laughs> When you do, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably behind the sofa. Everything's behind the sofa. I'll go and look after this. But it's, so it's not about doing it right. Mm. It's just about understanding who you are in this moment. Um, that said, there is, there is this kind of element of being able to just discard some things that oh. you don't want or you, that don't fit you anymore or just to maybe show up as a maybe a less corporate version of yourself mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm saying this because when I left corporate back in 
2010 and I'd had 13 years of yeah. being in you know in a corporate position and it took me ages mm -hmm. to just allow myself to not have that corporate speak and sometimes I still do it mm -hmm. but just to not have that corporate speak to not write in that way to to just be a bit more Barbara and that's a difficult thing to do yeah um this is something that I talk a lot and I have and I'll probably get on my little hobby horse about this one, but um, I trained as a lawyer and a number of my clients these days are professional services. It wasn't the intention, but that is just because I have an understanding of that profession. And um, one of the most challenging things for me, and I see it in clients on a daily basis, is that at some point, somebody tells young professionals that, they need to be professional. Yeah. And for some reason, people believe, or not everybody, but a lot of people believe that that means they have to leave their personality at yeah. home. True. And that they can show no vulnerability. Now, vulnerability is another topic in itself because I think it's understanding what vulnerability really is. But being able to show personality and being able to share a bit of yourself without oversharing. You know, I, people ask me about this on, on social media. Well, I, I don't want to share my personal life. I share some of my personal life, but actually you don't know a lot about me if you look at my, because my boundaries are very clear on what I do share. And therefore, I think this being professional is a real challenge for a number of people. And that's that corporate. Mm. So I'll meet somebody and they might have a wonderful meeting and it's all warm and, you know, fun and laughter are very much part of my personal brand. So we have a great meeting and we connect and we have a hug as we leave. And I get an email from them and I think, where's this email come from? <laughs> yeah. Because it's Dear Deborah and not quite further to our meeting. But we go into this corporate speaking email. And I do think that if we could just relax that a little bit and not be frightened of sharing and, and being ourselves. Having said that, and a little... I have a little voice in my head, as we all do, and mine's called Horace. Horace has just kicked in there. And I suppose one of my Horace moments or one of my imposter syndrome moments is, well, I worry that I don't, will I sound corporate enough? And, and is that impressive enough? But I do believe that if people buy into us, then, you know, our right people will connect and that's what they want. Absolutely. I think... You know, where people buy people at the end of the day. And as you were talking, yeah, I love that your inner critic is called Horace. Mine's Marjorie. <laughs> um, Marjorie but, and Horace could have a field day, <laughs> couldn't they? Couldn't they? <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll want them in the room together. It's just not good. <laughs> but um, I remember years ago being in a meeting with this person who was just, it, they weren't their best self in that meeting. Let's just put it that way. And somebody at the end of the meeting, somebody said, it's strange because you'd love her outside of work. She's amazing. Mm -hmm. And I, in, in that moment, I remember, and I was only quite young at the time. I remember thinking, I don't want to be around Jekyll and Hyde people. I want to know the person that she, that they really are and not this person, because yeah. there was really no need for that behavior. And, mm -hmm. and this is the thing. It's, it's about, one, I completely 
believe that people buy people that we're all really just energetic beings we're attracted by you know somebody that's that we enjoy being around and that has the same values as us but at the same token it's about allowing ourselves to open up and be that person knowing that there's no real consequences to it so that but that's that's the challenge isn't it and and actually that's where the magic happens as well and I had um so again for those of a certain age I was introduced to a lawyer a, a few months ago now and I was actually sat in a Starbucks I had to take the Zoom call in a Starbucks and we were chatting and she said um I'm really sorry Deborah I wasn't sure of the times I think it's I think it's my perimenopause and my menopause brain I said oh I know that and all of a sudden we ended up with a half hour conversation she ended up recommending this brilliant pharmacy that's um local to us that's a private pharmacy that is specializes in menopause which I've since gone and worked with and had treatment through and this whole conversation was actually life-changing for me because of the treatment that I was able to get and that was all because of that moment of vulnerability and I didn't think oh this isn't very professional I'm going to move and I said gosh I feel exactly the same yes and and we talked as two women as two business women very credible business women that it didn't make us any less credible or any less good at our jobs because we had this discussion and I think permission to be ourselves is something that we all need to recognize and I know we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago I you know I'm going through a tricky time in my personal life with my dad not being well and one of the best pieces of advice somebody gave to me was Deborah there isn't a right way to do this and that goes back to that perfectionism it's that permission to show up as we need to show up on that day, in that moment, whatever the situation is. Totally. I completely agree with you because we're attracted to people like mm-hmm. that because we're all of a sudden talking to humans. Seriously. And again, I'm a, a firm believer that behaviour breeds behaviour. And however you show up, decide to show up, I'm then going to try and calibrate myself to that. Mm-hmm. And it might feel clunky and uncomfortable, but if you're your genuine, brilliant self and just show mm-hmm. up as, as you... I you you're automatically then giving me permission to do that or vice versa so I think it's a real gift but I love that story of just two amazing people two humans having a just an honest conversation yeah it also reminds me again years ago when I was it was before zoom and we were just on the actual on the phone and we were talking I was talking to this um lady and she's all of a sudden just stopped talking she was a bit quiet and I says what's just happened what's going on and she went I'm just going to be completely honest my baby's just woken up it's in the next room and I said go sort your baby out and she says oh thank god just thank god and we've got talking later and she said I just want I, I was scared to say that I'm also looking after my baby I'm also just a mum right now because mm-hmm. she said I felt that it was a weakness this is mum you're a mum first go sort your baby out and again in that moment we had that connection of just two people two humans mm. talking about the things that we're going through and that's so powerful oh and that is the authentic and you know and you've just reminded me of something there and and I mean it's it's, it's crazy really when you think about the fact that I set up the business to 
you know, the whole identity piece came around becoming a mum. But then I set off, and maybe this is that corporate hang up a little bit. And by the way, one of the first things I did was get rid of all the corporate suits because that was part of the old identity. But it didn't mean that I had to lose who I became. So, you know, I might have my silver trainers when I was up at the park rather than, you know, my scratchy jogging bottoms and a great. And so I found ways to make that work for me. But the irony was that what I started to do was say, Oh, well, I'm, I'm really, if somebody said, could you have a meeting at uh, nine o'clock? I would say, oh, no, I've already got a meeting at that time. And you know what's coming, don't you? And could you have a meeting at three o'clock? Oh, no, no, I've got my diaries full at that time. Who was I kidding? I was going on the school run. I was going to nursery. My, you know, little boy needed me. And why wouldn't I do that? And it took me a long time to, again, finding that authentic self. Why wouldn't I allow myself just to say, I'm a mum first? Yeah. That is absolutely part of my identity. Yeah. And it's it's that fear of what will other people think? Well, mm. what will they, will they think any less of me? Does it mean that I'm not as good as, you exactly. know, filling your own gaps? Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I started my business for the sole reason of being able to do the school run mm-hmm. and because I'd had uh, older children and I'd worked non-stop in a corporate career uh, I'd never done the school run I can count on one hand how many times I did the school run and when Rosie came along then that was that was it I was quitting work I was going to just mm-hmm. go on the school run so but for me the shift happened and you've just reminded me actually was I didn't want to start work before 10 o'clock I wanted that time for myself in the morning so I I don't don't have any calls before 10 and it took me ages to just give myself permission to say no I'm not I'm not starting work before 10 Mm -hmm. if you want me it's 10 o'clock and that's it but before 10 it's not it's not on the cards and it is that that reason that 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 underlying fear of I'm not good enough or I'm um you're gonna you're gonna think less of me because of that uh so how do we get over that what are your thoughts what's worked for you well it's all the shoulds isn't it I need to and I should and uh we do a lot of shoulding and it's really funny you say that about the time because last September I'd always I'd had an office for four years or so and then during lockdown I gave up my office and then last September I just realized that I'd lost my mojo a little bit. And I think so many of us, this sort of um, languishing, I think was the word, wasn't it? That was uh, coined. But I just felt I'd stopped thriving and I was surviving a bit. And for me, I needed to get back out there and go to work in my mind. And therefore, I, I came back to the office and I realized at that point that I like my time once, you know, we've done this, we don't do the school run anymore, (laughs) those days are gone, but um, you know what, we have our little quirky, I stand at the bedroom window and still wave him off, (laughs) he doesn't even turn back and wave these days, but if he ever did, I know, you're there, I'm with you Deborah. we do the same, (laughs) the Sainsbury's delivery man looks at me sometimes, he's not looking back, no I know, (laughs) But I'm here. But I'm here. <laughs> and that 
is, you know, going back to that authenticity and identity, absolutely that is part of who I am. And if anything had to be given up, it would be the business and everything mm. else because he comes first. Yeah. That is me and not everybody agrees with that, but that is the way I do things. That's me. So I think it is knowing your values and then you know I know you'll have talked about this on here before but really knowing what your values are and what really matters to you and then living by those and that's two very different things you know you can sit there with a piece of paper or I've got a box of values here that you know I get people working through you can pick them out and have them on the wall but you've got to live by them and I know that I am at my happiest when I am happy, when I am balanced, when I am kind to myself and family is a priority and I need that balance. And I'm one of those people, you know, I sometimes question my resilience because um, I can fall over very quickly. But I've learned actually that if I look after myself and I have that self-care, and so for me, it's going for a walk in the morning, going for a run, it's having a nice shower, getting dressed, all that time for me, meditate, bit of journaling, so that sometimes I don't get in, you know, this is my first call of the day at 10 o'clock. Um, and why was I waiting for permission for that? So it is, I think, what hints and tips would I say? It's about knowing what matters and yes. it's about recognising when you what your strengths are and when you perform at your best. Yeah. And for me, I show up far better. It's quality, isn't it, rather than quantity. Oh. I show up far better. You get a much nicer, more pleasant version of Deborah if I've been allowed to go through that routine in a morning. Exactly, exactly that. It's just understanding how you perform at your best. And that's mm. a non-negotiable. Because that's you care, true. I often mm. say to my clients, because you care about your team, your business, the, your family, the people around you, that's the permission you need to, to look after mm. yourself, to put yeah. yourself first. And, and I talk about leading yourself first, not in a selfish way, but in mm. a necessity way. It's essential. Mm. It's a non-negotiable. Because I, just like you, I know when I've had that time in the morning, I'm not a great morning person anyway, but when I've had that time to to very well to wave Rosie off at school now it's not just like you it's yeah. not a um a drop off anymore to have a cup of tea to walk the dog to or go for a run yeah. or just meditate do all the bits and pieces that you've already mentioned now I'm all yours I can literally bring my full self to the table and you'll get everything that you need so and and that's the thing if I didn't have that time if I felt rushed if I felt pressured all you're getting is resentment you know yeah. and it's You're not your fault. the day aren't you exactly but it's not your fault you've not pushed me into it I'm, I, I mean metaphorically yeah. you know it's not the other person's fault it's my fault for not giving myself permission to do that but yet you bring yeah. resentment you bring just frustration you might be you know just on the back foot like you said chasing the day and that's not how you want to run your, your life. You know, I, I think this comes down to one thing, and this is about boundaries. Mm. And it's your own personal boundaries. Exactly. And it's it's about the non-negotiables. And another one sort of, that I, I, again, I think we've talked about this before. And when I, I mean, I do a lot of public speaking and a lot of because I'm so niche in what I do. I'm often traveling. I'm often down in London 
And I know if I've had a day where I've delivered a workshop or I've done a keynote, then I am absolutely exhausted <laughs> because I give it my all. Mm. And um, I think a lot of people would think I'm quite extrovert, but actually I'm quite, in, I'm, you know, I've learned, that's learned behavior. The introversion is the, I need my energy, I need my quiet time. You know, I need to be up on top of a hill going for a walk just to recharge. And again, it's about, you know, it's about taking the time to be still and know what you need. And I often think about the analogy of a, you know, a jar of water with silt in it or sand in it. If you shake it up and down, it's never going to be clear. You just need to give it time to settle and for me, it's in those times of reflection that I, I realize what it is that I need. And therefore, I give myself that permission and then I put the boundaries up. And there's, um, I'm going to give you half a story, which doesn't help, but Brene, Brene Brown talks about boundaries. And she gives in a story about when she was speaking at an event and she didn't want to appear precious. Mm -hmm. So she didn't say, well, I don't like speaking after a certain time and could I have a quiet room and um, could I have the green room so that I can go and uh, recharge before I speak. And there were these things that may, allowed her to perform at her best. And she said none of those were met because I didn't ask for them. And she said, afterwards, I sat at that dinner and I was so resentful that these people had taken advantage of me, hadn't treated me as well as I want, you know, I expected. And she said, and I learned from that then. So she said, now part of my rider, if you like, is that I stop over, I have a hotel room, I have a green room so I can go and be quiet. Um, I don't necessarily, you know, and, and she has those stipulations that allow her to perform to her best. And that was quite um, an eye opener for me that it's actually self-care. It really is. It's and not that's selfish, it. it's self-care. And it's the greatest gift that you can give to yourself and your work. Mm -hmm. If you think that your work is your life's work and you want to give your best to it because you've got pride, then why wouldn't you care for yourself yeah. so that you... you the best self is showing up yeah I again I've, I've heard that story about Brené Brown in terms of um not asking and I had this conversation actually not long ago with one of my clients about just setting boundaries it's one of the very first things that we do just establishing your boundaries because if we don't if we don't actually take the time to think about what they are mm -hmm we're always on a losing battle, aren't we? We're, it's always just, we're, we're in the slipstream. So it's about just look, sitting down and thinking, what is our ideal day? You know, if mm. everything was the same, if you know, you've not won the lottery, your business was the same, your house was the same, your family, everything was the same, what would, what would your ideal day look like? And maybe it's just shaving off half an hour in the morning so you can do all these quality things. Maybe it's finishing late, uh, earlier. Mm. I, I read an article quite a while ago, actually, about this... Um, this CEO and she really struggled with managing the evening meals with her children mm. and she couldn't get back from work in time to have dinner with her family and it was a real bone of contention mm. everybody was really annoyed about it and it was a, a massive pressure for her every, mm. uh, every day and then one day she realized that she was trying to conform to everybody else's 
ideas of what a, a family should do. And she flipped it on its head and she said, right, we don't have evening meals together. We're having breakfast together. Yeah. So every morning we're going to have a bit longer before school. We're going to have a proper breakfast. We're going to sit around the table, have our chats mm -hmm. then. And immediately everything shifted because she wasn't in a rush at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Nobody expected her to be there at the end of the Isn't day because they had that time. And it's, again, giving yourself permission to let go of some of the stuff that you've mm. been trying to mould yourself into mm. and saying, this isn't working for me, but this would. You know, I'm willing to experiment with something different and see how it fits. Yeah, I love that, actually. And, and isn't that a great analogy for so many different, you know, just being curious on how could I make this work? How can I be creative and make this work for me? And um, I think we can get very stuck. And again, this comes back to my perfectionism and wanting to conform and, you know, being the good girl and doing what I should and what's expected. And rather than actually, this is this is how I want to run my business. Why do we run our own businesses? Why, what's the point? And then we fall into, oh, well, they're working these hours. So perhaps I should be. And um yeah, it, 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 it's, it's crazy the amount of pressure we put ourselves on. I think the other important thing with boundaries, I was just touching that, and I actually had this conversation with a client yesterday, is that we need to articulate those boundaries. Yes. Because so right. often those boundaries are in our head, but nobody else knows about them. And all of a sudden we think everybody's telepathic, don't we? So, um, yeah, being able to articulate those boundaries and often those are the most difficult conversations but yeah. but you know what I love when you do start communicating your boundaries is the ripple effect because all of a sudden you're giving other people permission to communicate and create their their boundaries too and that's just a magical moment isn't it where somebody's got just realizing that, that realizes that there, there is another way that yeah. they can actually work a different way and it worked for everybody and it's about respect. It's it about really self-respect, really you know, and it starts with ourselves. And this goes back to you saying about behaviours before. It starts with us. So if I show up in a way, then other people will show up in the way, whether that's clients, whether that's team, whether that's colleagues, whether that's family. Yes. Um, you know, we are constantly showing people how we show up, which going back to actually going back to the personal branding, I think um, sort of taking it off tack, but it's still relevant here is that that is so much part of our personal brand. And I talk about being it rather than doing it. How are you showing up? Who who are you today? And there's so much talk around a social media footprint when it comes to personal branding. But actually, your personal brand is all the items that we've talked about and you know Stephen Bartlett um because I think there's two separate camps on this and I think there's sort of the younger generation coming through and the Gen Z that have grown up with social media and know nothing different but I heard Stephen Bartlett talking the other day and love him or loathe him I think he really has been a great advocate for personal branding and how it's benefited him and he was saying that it's so much more I mean he's you know, made his fortune in social media, hasn't he? But it's so much more than that social media footprint. It's the small things. It's, you know, smiling. It's making eye contact. It's shaking hands. It's remembering somebody's name. It's, 
you know, whatever it is, it's taking that moment to listen. Um, Being consistent all the way through. So if I know, well, I know this anyway, because we're friends, but if I met you in the, the supermarket, you'd still be you. Oh. And if I met you in the playground or the school run or wherever, you'd still be you. If I met you in a meeting where we're doing business together, you'd still be you. And it's that consistency. It's not, Absolutely. oh, Deborah's great in outside of work, but geez, you don't want to be next to her in a meeting. <laughs> we don't have any of that, you know, Absolutely. it's your consistency. And, and even to the point that one of the, the most consistent feedback I get when I present whether it's in front of 500 200 is you are so authentic what you see is what you get and I stand up there because I can't stand and talk about brand and authenticity if I'm going to get up there and put on a performance and don't get me wrong they get a dialed up version so um, it's on the same it's on the same scale isn't it so you're not going and working on somebody else's scale. You're all just, you've just dialed it up a little bit and that's okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I, I think there is a, you know, it's those, and going back to wonderful Brene again, she talks about trust and, and actually brand is all about, that's all it is. It's about trust. And, you know, there was a Gallup survey. I mentioned it on my podcast, funnily enough, yesterday there was a Gallup survey last summer that said trust in business brands is that it is at its lowest that it has ever been. And that's where if you've got your business brand, you've got your personal brand running alongside it. And the analogy I used is you've got your business brand, which is like the motorway, the highway, and that's where we want to get everybody. But your personal brand's a bit like the slip road. That's the entry point for people to get to know you and bring you onto that um, highway. And I do think that that's because it's easier to talk about all the things, uh, to communicate all the things that we've talked about. So our values, um, our personality, which allow us to build the trust. And going back to Brene, she talks about trust is built in the small moments. Oh, so that's a whole other topic. We could talk about that for hours. You're absolutely right. It is so true. It's those teeny tiny moments in time that actually mean a lot you know and get it, broken as well and get broken yeah I um I run a I used to run a workshop and I've run it for about you know hundreds and hundreds of people and I used to ask people what tell me about your your best boss tell me about your worst and honestly Deborah the things that people would say about their their worst bosses you know I won't even go into now but the the the, the best bosses were the ones that just were consistent in the tiniest of deep moments. Like they always said, thank you. They said morning, they remembered my kids' names. Mm -hmm. They always sat, you know, sat next to me every day and said, how was your weekend? It was those teeny tiny insignificant moments in time that all added up. They always made me a cup of tea when I came in, you know, mm -hmm. or they, they took their turn in the tea run. It was the tiny human moments. Oh, and exactly. that just matters. And, and every single one of them said, I would go to work for that person in a heartbeat for nothing. If they phoned me at two o'clock in the morning, I would be there. And the the bad bosses were always, you know, obviously the opposite was true. They might be occasion where they've done something, you know, horrendous. Yeah. But on, okay, on most of the time it was, they just didn't have time for me. I was just mm -hmm. a number to them. Mm -hmm. And those moments just really, really matter. 
Oh, and um, you know, I'm just you just brought to mind. I mean, you know, we've talked about being mums, but I can remember um, Oscar going to secondary school, and I my secondary school was an all girls small private school, so it was a very different world than he was going into. And it's a fabulous school, but it's a big um, local uh, school. And he had been at a small primary school and he's a redhead and he was well known and, he, you know, his personality. And I was worried that he would just get lost when he got to high school. And um, our first parent sort of evening, it wasn't a full parents evening, but a check in. And I can remember saying to one of the members of staff very early on, um, you know, how's he going on? And he was head of year, this chap. And he said, and I said, I'm Oscar's mum, he's the redhead. And he said, oh, I know who Oscar is. And this would be the October as he started in the September. And he started to talk about him. And I thought, he does know Oscar. He knows my son. He knows his little foibles. <laughs> his, his, you know, he knows my boy. And from that day onwards, that head of year, and he's still his head of year. And I'll be devastated when he leaves in a, a couple of weeks. And apparently... And just on that, I am going off on a tangent. Apparently he'd done an assembly with them last week and he cried. Oh. And I just thought, what a fabulous role model for young men and women, but for young men to see that emotion and that trust and that connection that had gone through with them and that he wasn't frightened of showing that. But that was built in that very moment. And whatever he had asked us to do as parents, we would have done it for him because he had our son at you know at the forefront yeah absolutely amazing so oh this, uh, we've covered a lot of ground Deborah. i've just looked up at the time can you believe an hour's just gone no, um, no. so let's just again i've looked this <laughs> we'll just pick another topic out of a hat and we'll do it again so let's just have a, a bit of a roundup in terms of because we have covered quite a lot today in terms of takeaways that somebody can take away and think right okay this is I want to work on my authenticity I want to work on my personal brand I want to start showing up as myself give myself permission to create these boundaries what would you say was I know this it's all three completely separate topics what would you say were the three things that that if nothing else somebody could just go and experiment with and just try out for themselves what do you okay. reckon well um I would say take some time mm, nice. and I would take some time out of your normal environment. And I don't mean, you know, booking a hotel or anything or a retreat, although that's always fabulous as well, but take some time for you. And then I would look at three things. And this is what I use as my impact method, whether I'm coaching, whether I'm delivering a, a workshop, is having clarity. So really think about clarity of your values. What do you want? You know, start with the end in mind. What do you want to be known for? Who do you want to show up as? So that's that looking at your values, who you are, what message you want to share. And then learn to communicate that. So communicate that with confidence, with impact. Um, and that's through your body language. Your That's what I call more the reactive communication. And then the third one I talk about is capitalize, which is really your exposure. So get yourself out there, get visible. And this is an area that I hear many people, particularly women, but not just women, 
um, suffer with the visibility piece because we are uncomfortable sharing. But for me, when it came to permission, the piece that helped me was think of yourself as in service. And I know that um, you like Star Wars as well, but I read a great piece about um, be the guide, be Yoda, be the guide, serve, rather than being the hero, the Luke Skywalker. And therefore, that gives you permission to show up and, and share your knowledge from your perspective, because nobody else has that unique perspective on the world. So you have got something to share. So that would be my three things. Have clarity, communicate, and then build on that and be visible. Not be frightened of being visible. And being visible is showing up as you. Amazing. Love all of that. Deborah, it's been an absolute pleasure. Where can people find you? Um, DebraOgden.com. And then I am on Instagram at DO Impact. And um, I, as you've been a guest on my On Brand With podcast, uh, which was with guests. And I also have a weekly Monday podcast, which is more impact, which is just a 20 minute sharing thoughts around personal brand and impact in my week. So I'd love people to tune in. Amazing. We'll put all the links in the show notes. But thank you so much. I could talk to you all day. Um, thanks so much. And I'll see you soon. Thanks, Barbara. Thank you so much for listening to the Smash Your Unsealing podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, it'd be great if you could hit the subscribe button and leave a review as it helps me to reach a lot more people. And if you know someone who would benefit from having a listen, please feel free to share. Have an amazing day and I'll see you next time.